0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. I'm Mike O'Brien here with Nick Hart as the Penguins coming off a very nice 4-2 victory over the Toronto Marlies Wednesday Mohegan Sun Arena at Casey Plaza. The Penguins have now recorded points in eight straight games, 7-0, 0-1 over that stretch. They're number one in the Atlantic Division, number one in the Eastern Conference. And Wednesday's win was a game that didn't look good early, Nick, but... From there on, it was a s- almost subtle in the way it went down. It wasn't flashy, but you look back at that game and you thought, that was a really nice win against a really good team in the Eastern Conference. And Wilkes-Barre Scranton, when it was all said and done, did it kind of decisively.
1: Oh, yeah, certainly. We talked about those first five, six minutes of the game, and it looked like the Penguins were back on their heels. They It took them some time to sort of recalibrate to the level of talent that was at the other side of the ice, the North Division-leading Toronto Marlies. But you hit the nail on the head, O.B., it wasn't flashy. This was not a run-and-gun game like we saw the Penguins come away with the victory and against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms or Laval Rocket. This was a well-played hockey game, and the Penguins, as time went on throughout the game, started to completely outpossess the Toronto Marlies, completely outscoring chance the Toronto Marlies, win their board battles, force turnovers time and time again. And even though it didn't result in two-on-ones and breakaway after breakaway, things like that, Bar down power play one timers, all in all, it just culminated in a four to two victory for the Penguins. Two points in the standings. Now they have first place in the Eastern Conference, and that's exactly what Clark Donatelli was saying after the game too. No, it wasn't that full sixty minute effort that we've been chasing for a while. But he, I mean, every team does. I mean, you want every team to play
0: sixty minutes perfectly every game. Yeah. But and a- then what a- that's elusive,
1: said, right? And then Clark Donatelli said, "Yeah, even though we didn't get that." what we got was probably our best game of the season and he said that without hesitation
0: and I wouldn't disagree either
1: yeah and the stat that stands out outside the
0: 4-2 victory is that 17 to 4 shot advantage in the second period Mm -hmm. granted Toronto had some opportunities that they sent wide of the net but I go back to what we talked about in the pregame on Wednesday this is the first time we've seen the defensive core for Wilkes-Barre-Scranton, pretty much as we expected. The lone exception being Frank Corrado, who's still up in the NHL with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But you have all that size. Chris Summers, who will be our guest later, mm-hmm. is the dwarf amongst the t- uh, the, <laughs> the Blue line core at 6'2". Otherwise, you have Kevin Churchman, 6'3". Andre Pedan, 6'5". Who am I missing? Oh, Zach Trotman, who's mm-hmm. 6'3". Mm-hmm. Jared Tenorti, 6'6". Mm-hmm. Lucas Bankson, he's the small guy he's yeah five, he's he, he's he, the water he's 510 but all that size and ability they're not just tall slow lumbering defensemen these guys can move and I think you could see what this unit can do at least the potential in that one game
1: yeah and they battle really hard down low one thing I think that goes unnoticed about this defense core is they don't let a lot of passes through along the goal line not a lot of passes get out from behind the net to the front, and not a lot of passes move laterally from the the end boards to the front of the net. That area, it's a no-fly zone. They shut it down, and that's not just the big guys. That goes for Lucas Bankson, too. He does a really good job at shutting down those passes down low. Every single one of those guys is really good at that. They can move the puck. They can skate. We've seen Jared Tenorti lay some heavy hits. Kevin Spinozzi, who was not in the lineup against the Toronto Marlies, he'd laid some big hits. This defense core is really well rounded in the sense that there's not too many flaws in their game and now that we've seen Andre Pidden blossom offensively with a two point effort <laughs> against the Toronto <laughs> Marlies, yeah, they're proving even more that what they they're capable of.
0: The series that stands out for me is Jared Tenorti on that five on three penalty kill blocking three shots. Yes. It's nothing that's gonna show up on paper. But it is something that you and I saw during the game and obviously you talked about during the broadcast. And it's one of those series of plays that you look back at the game and say, that's part why they got to win. And the fans who were knowledgeable enough in the stands realized what Jared Tinorty was able to do during that five-on-three disadvantage. Three block shots as the Penguins had, what, 154 of
1: five-on-three time against? It was 154 total of five-on-three against. Now it was split between the first and second period. Only 10 seconds of run over, though, so it was 144 to close out the first period. The Toronto Marlies, with all their skill, all their talent, had a two-man advantage, and could not score, thanks in large part to those three consecutive blocks by Jared Tenorti. The first one he kind of stepped out from. He is a defenseman, so he disengaged from the front of the net, came out to challenge the shooter, and took one, I think it was around the shoulder, the collarbone. And I saw it happen and I, in my brain. I'm going, like, oh, that one That one must have stung. That's going to stink right there. But then Toronto worked the puck right back to that same spot. And what happened? Tenorti came out again, absolutely zero hesitation, blocked it. And then a couple plays later, it comes back over to that side. Jared Tenorti blocks another one off of his foot and then stayed on the ice. He didn't go hobbling back to the bench like, oh, get me off. He stayed on for the rest of the 5-1-3 penalty kill. It was one of those plays that made you not jump out of your seat like an overtime game winner or something like that, but just – Jump up, give a huge fist pump. You almost want to mob him on the bench. You can see Ryan Haggerty jumped up to his feet and was slapping his stick on the boards with every single block that Tenorti was making. And this is a guy who is very new to the Penguins lineup, signed this summer but had an injury in the preseason. This was only his second game with the Penguins, and he's proving to the coaching staff why he's so valuable with sequences like that.
0: It should be fun to watch, and hopefully everyone stays healthy in Pittsburgh and Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and we can see this group continue to grow and develop it's a storyline now that I want to bring up that I wanted to talk about on Wednesday. We really didn't get the opportunity mm-hmm. during the game because so much was going on. But I want to bring up Casey Smith mm-hmm. because he had that wild week where he gets called up to the Pittsburgh Penguins, makes his NHL debut under admittedly not the best circumstances, comes back down to Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and Tristan Jari goes up. So de facto number one goaltender, absolutely, for the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins right now. How did goaltenders... React to what happened to them over the last week or so? How do they react when they don't have someone constantly pushing them? When they assume that number one role all by themselves? I think we've seen some evidence before, but Casey Smith seems to be taking this horse by the reins and steering it where he wants to go.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it is a different scenario whenever you know that you are the number one guy. Um, It's a different mentality than uh, if you're going in in a 1A, 1B situation or even you know that you're going to be the backup to somebody else. You're in a different headspace, and you might be sitting at home thinking like, oh, well, you should be prepared to play at any time and do your best. Well, yeah, of course they are, but, you know, it's just a different mentality. It's the same reason why, you know, the best closer in baseball doesn't get signed by another team and suddenly become a starter. It's a completely different headspace. It's it's, it's different. So whenever you go into a secure number-one role, that's what Casey DeSmith is with Tristan Jari coming up and him coming back down – I can see why people would wonder, okay, how's he going to handle this challenge, being the guy, but we've seen him do it before. Right, fact, exactly. That's, well, that's where you realize, wait, it's not the first time he's been here. The past two Calder Cup playoffs. Tristan Jari started two years ago up in the NHL. Casey DeSmith was on a PTO, but it was his net. It was his net, and he never surrendered it. He was so good. He set the franchise record for saves in a playoff game during those playoffs. Then the next year, once again, Tristan Jari gets called up, and Casey DeSmith, has to be the number one guy for the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins in the playoffs. So at first you go, okay, well, how's Casey going to handle this new challenge being the defined number one goalie? And then you realize, like, oh, yeah, he's done this a couple times. In fact, when hockey, the hockey being played is that it's most important, and he's done more than adequately. So I guess we shouldn't be surprised that he's doing so well. He had a really good game against the Marlies. Only 22 saves, only 24 shots faced, um, but a great contest, especially when you think back to those first six minutes. When Toronto was absolutely peppering the Penguins, they were lucky to escape only down 1-0.
0: Yeah, you forget that it was 1-0 early, and it could have been a lot worse for the Penguins, Mm -hmm. if not for Casey Smith. So the Penguins start off the week with a win. And you look at the schedule. I don't want to say right now this is the toughest week the Penguins will have all season. We don't know. But you look at the opponents, and it's pretty tough. You have Toronto, who came in as the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Providence, who we think, might be the strongest team in the Lank Division, at It'll least preseason. roster-wise. preseason-wise. They've been hit a little bit by the injuries mm-hmm. and call-ups as of late. And then Hershey is always going to be tough no matter what. Now the Providence Bruins, they get some reinforcements back in the form of Austin
1: Zarnik. But what a start they had. Their depth being tested right now, though. Yeah, they started the season 6-1, and one, absolutely white hot. But then the injuries started to roll in for their NHL affiliate in Boston. That means a lot of call-ups. And then they got dinged up in Providence as well. So that took some bodies out of their lineup, and that's going to be taxing on any team, especially a team that's playing in the Atlantic Division because every team is so good. So they haven't been playing at the same pace that they were at the start of the year when they were 6-1, and one, but they're still a good team. And now they get a great player back in Austin Zarnik, who had 10 points in his first five games in the American Hockey League this season. So... Providence will still be a challenge for the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins, but given the fact that they are a little depleted, um, these might be valuable two points that the Penguins might want to take advantage of now because they might not come as easily against Providence later in the year.
0: Yeah, they're a pretty good road team right now, too, at 3-1, and one, but they're outscoring opponents 16-6. They had a weird weekend last weekend where they were shut out on Friday, shut, shut out. had a shutout yeah. on Saturday, and were shut out again on, excuse me, they were shut out on Friday, right. had a shut out on Saturday, Correct. and then shut out again on Sunday. I believe so they
1: were shut out both those times by Bridgeport as well. Right. Yeah.
0: They've had a little resurgence, too, despite a AM loss on Wednesday to Lehigh Valley. Hmm. But we'll get into them the next time we face off against Bridgeport. So you're looking at guys like Austin Zarnick, Kenny Agostino, last year's MVP and leading scorer, now with the Providence Bruins. Zane McIntyre back down, of course, he was the man of the match in Game Five of last year's Atlantic Division semifinal, making 50 saves as the Province Bruins won two to one and moved on to the second round of the Calder Cup playoffs. So, a rematch in theory of last year's first round series between the Penguins and Bruins.
1: Do you think any of that carries over? Um, no. <laughs> All right. No, like it, it, maybe a guy like Zane McIntyre remembers what he does and whenever he steps on the ice at Mohegan Sun Arena, Casey Plaza. You get a little bit of good mojo flowing. But he doesn't start the game with the 50 saves he made in the playoffs. Like, all it can do is put you in a comfortable mental state. Well, what happens if one goes off of one of the Penguins' boots, you know, just a funny bouncer, off of a defenseman and in the first period? You know, it's it's a complete reset button. And a lot of those guys that played for Providence in that playoff series are up with Boston right now, too. Sure, I think it's uh, just a brand new season, brand new series. If anything, I think the Penguins might be motivated to get some revenge on Zane McIntyre more than... Zane McIntyre would be confident that he's going to put up 50 saves again on the Penguins.
0: That is a fair point. Let's look at the Hershey Bears. And after winning just one game in their first seven contests, they've turned it around. Uh, not unexpected for the Hershey Bears mm-hmm. as they pick up a, a nice win on Wednesday. They defeated the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins in the shootout on Sunday here, mohegan Sun Arena, Casey Plaza. So you, you knew Hershey was not going to be down in the dumps for too too long and it seems like they are clearly on an upward trend
1: yeah clearly what they lost five of their first six right six out of the the six of their first seven Jeez, even worse than i thought one five oh and one i think to begin things mm-hmm. that sounds right and but now they're winning a lot more than they're losing sure yeah <laughs> uh they've they've stepped it back up one of those wins coming against the wolksbury scranton penguins and frankly the game they lost to wolksbury scranton Hershey played extremely well they just lost right by one goal in the third period so We know that the Penguins and Bears have already put together two great one-goal contests. One decided late in the third. The other decided in a shootout. They've been fun. They've lived up to the hype of the rivalry. But now this is the first time we'll see it take place down at Giant Center. And even though Hershey has been winning a lot more lately, they're still chasing in the standings just by virtue of how good the Atlantic division is. So you know they consider these points very, very valuable, trying to get themselves back into the thick of it as early in the season as they can. This is the first of five
0: straight games down at Giants Center, three of those on Sunday. Neither team plays Friday night. The Bears are at home on Saturday. Wilkes-Barre Scranton home against Providence.
1: There's a surprising dearth of Friday night hockey in the American hockey league. It really like this is, week, right? I noticed that. Like, it's not like there's no games, but there's only like six or seven games on Friday night. When's the last time that happened? Why do you think?
0: Is, is today Veterans Day?
1: Today is Veterans Day observed. Me- Veterans Day observed. Veterans Day is technically Tomorrow. Saturday, Saturday when the they 11. play the Providence Bruins. I have no idea. I mean, you look at our schedule,
0: and there's one, two, three, four, five open Saturdays. I feel like that's unheard oh, of. Oh, that's right?
1: unprecedented. I couldn't believe it when the schedule came out this year, and we were, you know, plugging it into the the website and the press releases and things like that, just like, My goodness, we have all these Saturdays off. We think it was crazy last week having a Saturday off. We think it's weird this week having a Friday off. What are we going to do next week? Penguins travel to Binghamton to play the Devils on Friday. No game Saturday or Sunday. OB, I'm going to be couching so hard on Saturday. All right,
0: let's talk about this. Let's step away from the hockey for a brief moment. You have Saturday and Sunday off. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what to do with myself. You know exactly what to do with yourself because you've been lamenting the fact that you've not been able to catch up on so much of your TV.
1: Yeah. So what are you getting into first? Okay, well, let's rewind a little bit. Back with our podcast with Zach Aston Reese, talking about three things you couldn't go the week without doing. Right. And one of my things was catch up on my shows.
0: Right. And you've got there, a lot
1: of weeks without doing th- that. Th- not a lot of weeks total, but there have been some weeks sprinkled in where I haven't watched anything. And it's driving me nuts. And now I'm super backlogged. And probably next weekend, next Saturday, Sunday, I'll be watching a lot of football on Sunday, um, but then sprinkled in there, especially Saturday. I'm going to wake up, post up on the couch, just feed myself bag after bag of popcorn, trying to finally finish Halt and Catch Fire, season series finale, i got like two episodes left. Orphan Black, series finale, i got like two episodes left. Rick and Morty, uh, South Park, I need to catch up on. Mr. Robot started, I need to get on that. You
0: need to get on that. I know. It was I'm up to date on that, and this season I think has been awesome. I'm not sure how much my opinion me- means, but I'm a big fan of the season.
1: I've I've been a big fan of Mr. Robot um, since I can't remember who recommended it to me. It was someone who I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." That you, well, like you this recommended sh- it to me. I was intrigued, but you were the one who says, "Yeah." So he says, "He says go watch it." And so you said to yeah. watch it. And, it's, a, and it's I'm like glad you did. Weirdly placed on USA Network, like it doesn't really fit the mold of USA Network shows.
0: Yes. It's it's
1: a lot darker than most USA Network shows. So the person who recommended it to me, I can't believe I can't give him the shout out, but they were like, "Oh, watch this, it's on USA." Why can't, I'm like, "You don't seem like why can't you you give him like the shout out." No, cuz I can't remember who it is. Oh, okay. That's what I mean. All right. And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting you like that show on USA cuz I didn't know what it was." And then I watched like two episodes. I was like, "Oh, I understand why you like this." I like this, <laughs> and I've been along for the ride ever since. By the
0: way, when did cursing become like a real thing on prime time, like network TV?
1: Technically, on cable, uh, you're allowed to do whatever you want, like as long as you're not like the CBS, NBC, like anything that you pay for extra. It, I know people think of that as like, oh, the HBOs and Showtimes, but no, technically, like you're FX, USA, TBS. Th- those are extra. Those are bonuses. It was just kind of like a common courtesy that they didn't. But now that everyone's more edgy and stuff like that, that they just throw them out there. Because I remember first season. Tell me if I'm
0: wrong. Mr. Robot. They used to bleep out. They'd had the bad words, but they bleeped them out. Yeah, and then you would just get it on the DVD or watch it online. Right. And I have DVR mm-hmm. my Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. And this season, they have not bleeped out anything. Nor they've had. Nor have they had any problem with, you know, just dropping. The bombs, the profanity bombs.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think Breaking Bad may have started the trend where Vince Gilligan would put in one uncensored F-bomb a season. Like, a a season, not an episode, but a season. He started the trend, and maybe it predates that. I'm just talking about my own experience. That's the first time I noticed it. Um, And then people slowly started to do their own thing. Netflix, um, just, they can do whatever they want. HBO can do whatever they want. and I think these... Cable shows that are starting to produce uh, more quality content regularly are realizing, like, hey, this is something we can do if we do it tastefully. Like, it's not going to take away from the show. It will it, just, I don't know, feel like that's this is what the character would do. Why would we prevent the character from doing it? I don't know. We're not going to see any F-bombs on Big Bang Theory, I feel. No, you will definitely not. Okay. And you will not be hearing any on any wilkes Grants and Penguins broadcast soon. No, that's an FCC violation for sure. That's a fine.
0: That's a fine and, and a firm slap on the back of the hand, a slap on the wrist, depending on your accuracy. Anyway, we're going to step aside here on the wilkes Grant and Penguins podcast. Don't forget, two games this week, one at home, Saturday against the Providence Bruins and Sunday against the Hershey Bears down at Giants Center. We'll get into more details later in the podcast. But when we return, we'll sit down with Penguins defenseman Chris Summers to talk about that game on Wednesday and their great defensive core that seems to be forming here for the Penguins. That and more, so stick around. Welcome back here on the Wilkes-Barre Strength Penguins podcast. I'm Mike O'Brien with Nick Hart. And as promised, we are joined by Penguins defenseman Chris Summers. Chris, how are you doing?
2: I'm well. Are you? I'm well. Yes, I am. <laughs> My three <laughs> girls at home, not so much. They uh, they got a touch of the flu right now. So
0: Did they get the flu shot? Do you do flu no, shots? No, we don't
2: do the flu shot. Well, I'm not really sure what, if it's the flu or if it's just a cold flu. Uh, <laughs> One's, one's throwing up the other's got a fever another one's got a sore throat the other one's achy if you're keeping track that's five people uh, <laughs> <laughs> well it actually kind
0: of segues nicely into the first question I, I had for you because you're one of the few players that we've had that we have on this team and maybe have had in recent seasons that you're in parenthood that like you are a parent there's no doubt about it you're, it's not a baby coming you've <laughs> been you've been a dad for more than a couple of I'm years in here. one right now yeah. you're I in I one right here <laughs> and it's just funny because being an athlete is such kind of a athlete-centric lifestyle. You're, you know, you're getting your sleep, you're getting your diet, you're doing all the things you need to do to perform at a high level. Now you have two other humans. You have two daughters, right? Yes. Three and two, right? Yeah. Three and so two. they are they are young. They are needing their their dad. They are needing their parents to get through life on a day-to-day basis. How is it, or how does the life of a hockey player change once you become a dad?
2: Prioritize. I think we prioritize uh, our time. Uh, try to be more efficient with it. <laughs> uh, my wife, fortunately, we're, we're able to, to have her stay at home with the kids all day. Um, she loves it. She is an incredible mom. Um, and I honestly couldn't have asked for, for a better mother of, of my two children. Um, I need her to listen to this because it's going to be <laughs> – <laughs> <Yes>. What's <laughs> score your me some point, Holly. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what? It's, it, it's different. I mean, it's funny, and especially in the AHL, it's a lot of younger players. So you listen to these guys talk about their days, and they talk about, you know, all oh, right, what are we going to do today? Ah, oh, man, I got a busy day. I got to go grocery shopping. It's like, oh, my <laughs> god, Yeah, that's got to be real tough, man. But uh, but it's one of those things. Like, you think back, and you're like, you know, what did we do before kids? And it's hard to remember. But, you know, what? I love every second of it. It's, it's an escape from hockey. It's a way to come home. And, you know, it's a different job entirely. So, you know, we have fun. And especially our oldest, she's getting to the age where she's really starting to figure stuff out um you know we're really trying is to that good install yeah yeah I think it's good <laughs> but you know we're really trying to install some um you know some some life skills for her some you know common courtesies pleases and thank yous and and just you know the biggest thing we've ever learned is routine is everything and, and you see that with athletes you see that with players and you know guys get stuck in a routine it's the same with kids they need that routine and they need to know a little bit of what they can expect on a daily basis well I just heard a.
0: Funny story, and apologize for eavesdropping, but I can't not bring this up on the air. But it sounds like your eldest has discovered Snapchat filters. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> That's going to be blowing up the data plan. Uh, oh. The data is not the problem. Okay.
2: The problem is some of these filters that Snapchat's putting on. They're not exactly G-rated. Oh, yeah? The little, uh, the new one, we were laughing. My wife and I were kind of laughing last night because she has no idea. Right. It's, you know, the poop one. It's got, you the know, poop the, uh, the poop emoji. Right. One, the of course. A p- classic standard. Yeah. A staple emoji, right? <laughs> well, Snapchat decided they were going to do a rainbow one. Well, my daughter sees the rainbow and, and she thinks. gets excited right. because she likes the colors. And we had it, we were going through it, and she thinks they're funny because it changes her face. And she was, Daddy, Daddy, go back. You gotta go back. I want to do the, I want to do the rainbow ice cream one. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's not ice cream. The <laughs> <So> chocolate <laughs> ice cream, yeah. not so the cho- uh,
0: the rainbow chocolate. It's, yeah. it's rainbow sherbet or yeah. yogurt oh, for
2: that's, sure. That's, bless that's great. Bless her heart, bless her heart, because you know <laughs> she's so innocent. <laughs> bless, <laughs> bless her heart. Man. I guess that's we a good
1: thing now. though, in a way, that she that she couldn't put two and two together and thought it was ice cream. So does <laughs> yeah. that make it harmless? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So oh, that's
0: great. Three and two.
2: So they're mobile. They are. They are <laughs> active all the time. And yeah. you know, I <laughs> you know what's funny is I was just telling I was telling T.K. Kostopoulos, I was saying you know what's funny is like my wife and I have been catching ourselves lately doing the oh my gosh they sound just like my dad or oh my gosh they sound just like my mom the stuff we tell our kids right so it's it's funny how you know deeply those those oh yeah core values are ingrained and. In, into can, our I ask, can I ask where you met Holly? We met uh, my senior year of high school. So we've been together for oh wow, 12 years now. We've been married for five. Um, but, yeah, we've been together for a so while. You got, so you're 29, right? 29, yeah. You got
0: married, tw- so 24. Yep. yep. And kids a few years later.
2: Yeah, real quick, just that natural progression again. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I mean, 12, 12 years in a row. I
0: mean, that's. I mean, you're going, th- you're going yeah. through the steps in a timely manner.
2: Yeah. So it, she's she comes from a big family. I come from a little bit of smaller families, but uh, yeah, it's fine. I mean, it, it's. I guess it's a progression of life. It's one step at a time, and you know, every year it brings its new set of challenges, but also its new set of rewards. Um, and with the kids, I mean, it's it's tough because we we both grew up. We had it. So we had the same house. We had the same friends, we had the same you know, we knew what to expect, but with this lifestyle, it's tough because we're, you know, I could be traded tomorrow and then the, the kids gotta uproot themselves from the house that we've 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 kinda dug our roots to, uh, in here in, in Wilkes and, and now we're starting to get a feel for it, but you know what, it, we, we realize it's not forever, um, you know, we're going to enjoy it while we can, and if nothing else, you know what, the girls have an incredible life experience of, you know, living in different states, different cities, and, and meeting a whole lot of different people.
1: A lot of experiences to draw from, and in that case, let me ask you, how has your time in Wilkes-Barre been?
2: Oh, it's been great, it's been great. Um, the fans are outstanding, um, the teams, I mean, the team's incredible, this is probably the best team I've ever played for, ever even been a part of. Wow. Um, so, that I mean that makes a big difference and you got a group of guys that have that have you know a lot of these guys have all played in the NHL a lot of these guys are drawing in experiences um, from their careers but at the same time we're still a young team mm-hmm. and that's exciting so um, to have that I think uh, support system and then be able to, to live and we we actually live out in Dallas which is it's been been great yeah everyone I you mean, got a nice. good crew out there right yeah we got a good crew out there really really nice people I and mean, we go to the grocery store there I mean it's tough not to have four people come up to you and just say you know is there anything i can help you with i mean so that makes a big difference it goes a long way with us and you know there's, there's good restaurants out there and you know it's everything we need i guess all my wife really cares about is there a target close by so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she found that a few times but yeah it's, it's been great so far
0: so is michigan home in the off season michigan
2: then? yeah michigan's home in the off season we live out in grand rapids beautiful beautiful town we'll have a chance to see those guys coming up um later in the season yeah I march mean, yeah, and then we'll make our way out there. Unfortunately, I won't be able to go to my house because we rent. One of the players there actually lives in our house. So. Oh, Come on. oh, All right. Yeah. So oh, you well, you
1: could you could uh, kick him out, I guess, as the landlord, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need you to get out of here
0: for uh, for a day or two. So that's so that's hilarious. So I want to ask you, because you mentioned it, it's kind of a young team, but there's plenty of veterans back there too. And I look at the back line, and you have yourself, Kevin Churchman, Jared Tenorti, Zach Trotman, I mean – is this the most experienced defensive core you've been a part of? I
2: think this is the most competitive D-Core I've ever seen or ever even been a part of. Um, it was funny. I was talking to uh, after the just after the game on Wednesday, and I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm like, we just played Toronto, who is, you know, they're one of the best teams in the league um, on paper, in the standings, everything that you can look at. And I thought we just, we just owned them. We just absolutely owned them. And, and you look at our D-Core, it's just like every shift. There's no – there's no off shift. There's no okay, we gotta let's put out a third pair. Let's put out all right, we well, gotta pair this guy with this guy or you know what? Every single guy can play in every position and if I told him I said the challenge for us, one is obviously staying healthy. Right. Um, and two, I think if we can if we can manage to put our pride aside and it's easier said than done, if we can put our pride aside and, and maintain that level of competitiveness, but at the same time still all working towards that same goal of, you know, making the playoffs and then making a deep run into the playoffs, you know, we should have no problem.
1: Yeah, because like you were saying, just how deep and competitive these – the whole team is, but specifically the d Like, a third pair on this team is different than a third pair on a lot of other teams. So you can't just be like, oh, I'm on the third pair. It's like, no, we're, we're just attacking in waves like dogs on Rami. It,
2: you know what, exactly. And then you look at the guys that we don't even have playing, like Prowser. I mean, he played mm-hmm. – it was his first year last year he played Six- 60 – 60, 60, again, 60, 60, 60, yes, yeah. Yeah. 56. And, and he's a guy, he, he could be, be playing on any AHL team. He could be playing on this team and have an impact. And and to have that challenging you from the back end, I mm-hmm. mean, it's just, you know, you're being pushed in all sorts of different directions. And then also uh, Spinner. I mean, he's a first year guy, but, you know, he's shown that he, hey, he can play in this league and he can play in this lineup.
1: There's a reason he's still here. Yeah.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: And on
0: on a PTO right now, but has definitely acquitted himself well every time he's been in the lineup. I want to go back to kind of your younger days, if you will, because you it says you up, grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yes, sir. So in the shadow of the big house <laughs> and not too far away from the home of the U.S. National Development Team Program, you managed to kind of combine all of those. You, had, you did all of Ann Arbor, <laughs> athletically, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's be honest. And so I guess I want to ask you about the U.S. program first because I'm not sure if a lot of our fans know – What that's about,
1: I I think. Yeah, we talk about it all the time, but I'm not sure how much we've ever actually explained what the program is. I
0: mean, my first thought when I first heard about it way back when, is this an Olympic team that plays year round? Can you lay it out in, well, layman's terms, what the National Development Team Program does? Well, I
2: think uh, it it was a start. I think they started it as kind of the, the premier team for that age group, for the under 17s and under 18s. Um, it, I think it kind of transformed into, I mean, a college prep in a sense. Because when you're on the team, you're, you're picked. I mean, we have we have camps that start when you're 13, 14 years old. They'll have regions. They'll have Minnesota. They'll have, you know, Boston. Um, they'll have Michigan. They'll have, you know, California teams. So everybody, once a year, um, and, and even then, those those players from those regions are selected out of the entire group or crop of players. And then we'll compete or they'll, they'll bring us in and kind of – talk about, you know, what everything USA is about and, you know, what they're trying to do and develop. And then from there, they, they pick an under-17 team. Um, and they play against, which I guess now is a the USHL. They play in the junior league. Yeah, they game. do. Yes. And even then, you're playing against guys that are sometimes three, four years older than you. So these are the supposedly the best under seventeen players in the USA. So
0: you get invi- you get invited.
2: You get invited. You get asked to play. And what it does? Everybody lives in Ann Arbor. A lot of guys. I mean, most guys aren't from there, obviously. So what they do is they billet with local families. You all attend the same high school. Fortunately for me, I was from the area. I was still able to attend my original high school, which I graduated four years um, with. You know, all my same buddies. But you know, <laughs> it was a small farm school to say the least. To say the least, we had 115 oh. kids in our class, and I was okay. the only hockey player. Really? So for me to play hockey with all my – or I guess play hockey at the time, all my friends, they had no idea what I was doing or, you know, where I was going every day. Um, but to get back to the USA program, the under-18 year then is when you play a full college year. So you play against all these Division One teams, and the idea, I think, was to get guys ready to be elite players once you become a freshman in the college realm. Um, and for the most part, I mean, you know, they, they structure these teams to be competitive enough to, to, to be able to compete against some of these high end D1 teams. Now, being on the other side of that, being with Michigan, then playing the USA program, it's not exactly a game you get up for. You're like, I got to play a bunch of 17 year olds. Like, right. yeah. <laughs> how much fun is this going to be? Um, but, you, I mean, you've seen tremendous talent. I mean, my year alone, uh, the graduating class of 2006. We had two first overall picks with Pat Kane and Eric Johnson. Heard, I've heard of, of that? Yeah, they're they're a few good players. I mean, you, you look at the roster for that team; it's an incredible. I mean, you had Ben Reamsdyke
0: was there, uh, Brian Rust's older brother Matt Rust, former uh-huh. Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguin, you had Jim O'Brien. Oh, Mike Carman was there too. Blake Jeffery on. So yeah, you had some you had some players.
2: Yeah, we had a we had a tremendous team. And then what they do is they they'll take you over to international tournaments. Yeah. So You compete against Canada, Finland, Sweden. Yeah, um, we had an unbelievable team. We actually won the under 18s, which at that point in time is the biggest tournament. Sure right, yeah. Um, for your age group, so it was a lot of fun. Made a lot of great friends. Um, um, quite a few of them are still, still close friends of mine, and it's it's fun. I mean, hockey's a small world. You end up seeing somebody, you know, eventually down the road at some point. Um, it's just kind of the way it works.
1: How many products of the program do we have on our team right now? This That's just crossed my mind right now. We have Chris Summers, Ryan Haggerty. Thomas Tepauli, three.
0: Tenorti, oh, Tenorti tenor? yeah, she's right about Tinner uh, I always think of I, he's not, but I always think of him as Canadian just because he spent so much time. With, with time the Hamilton Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, Bulldogs. Montreal, yeah exactly. Knights. No, but yeah,
1: he's American. That's a good Hall number.
2: Yeah, when you, I mean, when you really think about how many, where guys are coming from, I mean, to have that. Well, with Pittsburgh, I mean, you see a lot of Americans, you see a lot of college, college guys. guys, and. That's good. I mean, it's something guys rally around. And, I mean, there's always going to be that bickering in the <laughs> locker room, junior versus college. I, Quite honestly, I don't know how a junior guy could ever dispute that juniors was better than college. But we'll we'll keep that as a as locker <laughs> well, that, room that, talk.
0: Okay. That's, that's another keep debate keep for keep another time. Keep that debate in-house. So, was it always going to be the Wolverines, University of Michigan? You know what?
2: Quite honestly, I never thought I was good enough to play college hockey.
1: Really? Okay. I,
2: well, you know what? Here's the thing. I never had um, – I didn't have an older brother that played hockey. I didn't have a cousin. I didn't have, you know, my dad didn't play hockey. I mean, he played high school football. It was about the extent of his athletic career. So the hockey realm was brand new to us. It was brand new to us as a family. My younger brother's three years younger than me. He was a goalie at the time. He played a lot of the same teams, the AAA programs in Detroit. Um, Eventually played uh, uh, a year at USA and then. He was a walk-on freshman at Michigan during my senior year, which was incredible. He was right. done with hockey at the time, but just to have that opportunity was, was spectacular. Um, so, for me, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't like, wow, I get, I get to choose where I'm going to school. I was I was 14. My head coach, I was playing up a year at midget majors. And, again, like, I just was where I was told to play kind of thing. I was right. like, all right, having fun playing hockey. Yeah. He's like, hey, um, you got a meeting in Ann Arbor. I'm like, Phew. Okay, <laughs> what if, we, you know we live in Ann Arbor, right? He's like it's with uh, Michigan. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, what are they gonna do? And then that was when Red sat down with us and and offered a. How
0: about that first meeting, Red Berenson? He's okay as a college. He's a little, yeah, he's a little
2: <laughs> intimidating, a little legendary. <laughs> I tell the story. I swear to God, there was an aura. You kind of saw like, <laughs> like a little a halo, <laughs> a glow in the background. He almost like he had his own theme music. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was it was interesting, and ever since then it was kind of like You oh know my you've gosh. made it, by the
0: way, when you have your own theme music.
2: That's yeah, that's the tell. A lot of people think it's it's fame and fortune. No, it's, it's, theme, it's theme music. music. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Theme music. <laughs> <laughs> so that was your first, and was that your first and last meeting at that point?
2: Uh, pretty much. Um, yeah, I mean, I. Th- I I sure wasn't going to Michigan State. I tell you that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but it, it, you know, if that was the opportunity, then I you know 100% would have jumped on it. To be right. able to play Division One, anything right. is tremendous enough. But um, you know, I was I grew up a Michigan fan. I grew up 10 miles from from Yost Ice Arena, um, so it was it was an obvious transition. Um, but it was you know it was a tremendous honor to be able to play for for and Blue.
1: What was it like the first time you stepped onto the ice at Yost for your oh, first I, game? I blacked out. I have no idea. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just so overwhelming. I just,
2: I, I just remember going out for warm-ups and skating as fast as I can. <laughs> I, I don't think I ever stopped skating as fast as I can. This is so much fun. What about your first game at the Big House? Eh, you know what? The Big House is cool. I'm not a huge college football fan. I, okay. I cheer for them. Um, it, it's, it, it's crazy, though. I mean, what's funny about the Big House, many people don't know this. When you walk up to it, you look at it, and it's only maybe four or five stories above street level.
1: Yeah, it doesn't it's look, not huge. They
2: what they did was they dug it down. They when yeah. they originally built it, they dug into it. Uh, so when you walk in, you're almost at the upper deck, just walking in from the concourse right. and it's it's insane. And we used to have that was one of our tests. Uh, run the stairs. Run the stairs. We had to do it in under fifteen minutes. Ooh. Oh. Not fun. No, 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 no. Not, not fun. No, no, it was no, usually doesn't like six fun. in the morning. I'm, too. Gl- I'm glad that you did that <laughs> yeah. and not so much me.
0: Yeah. I ran the stairs once at whatever the Princeton football field was. Um, and or is. And it, probably less stairs. I'm going to say less stairs. Less stairs. <laughs> <than> <laughs> I feel like Princeton
1: isn't filling the same amount of seats as Michigan football. I th- I
0: I don't dispute that claim. I'm pretty sure you are right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Princeton has less capacity than
2: University of Michigan. Michigan's intimidating, though, because I'm there. I mean, I, I was a very good student in high school, don't get me wrong. Right. But some of these students that went to school, I mean, these are li- – when they say the future leaders of America, these are literally – the future leaders of America. <laughs> I, I I'll never forget this. I was sitting next to a girl. We were at orientation, and we're filling out all the information, like uh, where we're from or whatever. And I'm looking over, so whatever. I remember a good time. Like it's nothing crazy. And we had to fill out test scores and everything else, like ACT, SAT, right. I right. didn't, what's the highest you can get? At A, I don't even know if people take ACT. A, Michigan, ACT is the Was big it 25? Test. Well, I think it's like uh, 36.
1: I don't remember. I didn't really pay attention to it. I just showed up and took the test and hoped I did well. I didn't well.
0: have ACT
2: in, in
1: I had to take yeah, ACT. I had the SAT.
2: Yeah, SAT is, the, I think, the... Yeah, right. She had perfect, I, I think, close to perfect scores on all her all everything she had like a 6.0 i didn't even think that was possible was oh no, uh, that's it's what a i thought too No, no a 6.0. yeah, it,
1: but well. if then if you take like honors classes you get it weighted and then you can get an even better score than the best score what so yeah exactly yeah. why well, it, it
2: wasn't i'm exaggerating but i mean it was the it, the yeah the he, point she, is she was, did was, very yeah. well <laughs> these, these <laughs> students high. that yeah i mean they were incredible students um and it was challenging i mean school was school's tough I, I enjoyed it quite a bit what you major in You know what? Uh, I didn't get to major in what I exactly – I first started out as um, uh, cinematography. Okay. I'm really big into uh, film and photography. And Michigan's got – they've got an okay program there, but it was something that I thought I would try. Um, No, excuse me. Architecture was my first. Okay. Architecture was first. I always wanted to be an architect. I took all the prereqs, did everything in my power to do it. My first drafting class – my teacher came up to me after the third or fourth week. She goes, you know you've missed every single presentation of our drawings. I'm like, well, yeah, we play every Friday and Saturday. That's when the presentations are. They're all excused. She's no, I know, but at the end of the day, you need to choose between hockey and architecture. I was like, well, I, I'm sorry, but i got to choose hockey at this point in time in my life. But uh, So I wasn't able to do that. I ended up majoring in psychology. Okay. So I can read people's minds. I'm a psychologist is, oh. a, is basically what it boils down to.
1: You what can't. is Obi thinking right now?
2: Uh, you don't want to know. Oh, <laughs> 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 he's probably right. Good stuff. Good stuff.
0: Um, you were drafted 29th overall by the Arizona Coyotes. You began your career between San Antonio and Phoenix, and then the affiliate changed from Portland to Phoenix. Yeah. Um, we miss Portland as an AHL town. I That's miss Portland b- dearly. <laughs> I loved that town. Coming into the ECHL looks like next year, but
2: how was that? Portland to Phoenix call-up, and Love. vice versa. <laughs> we figured it out, because uh, one year I think I did it almost 10 times. Come on. It was insane. It was a 12-hour travel day when you took into consideration the time change, the change in flights, and the time spent at the airport. There's no one-way Portland
0: to Phoenix? There's no one-way Portland to Phoenix. <laughs> wow. What was oh, that? Sorry direct. No,
2: sorry, direct flight? What was that, Air France, the... Over and back. The uh, Concord? Yeah, the, the Concord. Concord. There was no Concorde. No Concord flights from Phoenix to Portland. That's so where,
1: where were the common stops?
2: Uh, we either had to drive from Portland to Boston and then fly from Boston to either Denver or Minnesota. There was no hardly ever a direct flight right, from right. Boston to Phoenix. Um, or you would fly out of Portland and then you'd have to do two stops. So it was just an absolute <laughs> <laughs> that that call-up, I mean, you're excited to get called up, and then you're like, oh, my God, how am I going to get there? <laughs> yeah, like, I'll be there tomorrow, maybe, yeah, maybe exactly. two days from now. Yeah, though.
1: I'll see you in a week. <laughs> Thanks for the call-up. How
2: would you like Portland, though? Loved Portland. Yeah, absolutely. We We kind of did it. Uh, we were there for about two and a half years, and we were downtown. We were Old Orchard Beach. We were kind of uptown. I mean, we, we lived in a few different spots and loved every second of it. Awesome town. And if you love restaurants, <laughs> I and haven't. I, and I, I do. I haven't Although been to a city, too, Nick. Yes, I haven't oh. been to a city that has had better. I mean, you can make there. I mean, obviously, like New York City is going Yeah, have you've it, you've been. You've but been you have so many more options. It's, it's like the yeah.
1: the good food per capita in Portland. It's is going insane. from a
2: diner to Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. Did you ever seen the Cheesecake Factory menu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's gigantic. A novel. Yeah. So I mean, that's the thing. Like Portland, every thi- every single restaurant was just a small kitchen. Right. And it's just the. I mean, there's so much passion behind every meal that you would order that you, you just where do we
0: where do we go that one time was it three 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 oh it I was forget three it good.
1: was three digits there was three digits we did a team meal there one time and it was it was delicious insane. yeah the well, lobby close to
2: the rink right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's really good good spot
0: so how was your hartford new york experience after a <laughs> little bit of a trade there from uh, Arizona to New York,
2: different. Uh, it was two uh, different realms, I guess. It was going from a team where, when I was with Phoenix, they were owned by the NHL, they were bankrupt. Right. To New York, where I mean, there's there's no budget. It's just so it, it, they both both organizations treated their players tremendous. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was awesome, but just the resources that I think New York had, and then would eventually just trickle down to to Hartford was incredible um and you see that a lot of it here i think that it's it's become uh the way to play i think there's so much science behind the game now that you see a lot more teams starting to do a lot of the small things with nutrition and um you know different i guess anything they have an edge on the the competition sure. is what is what they're going to do it but. seems
0: like it to have picked up a lot in the last uh, say even five years oh just yeah just the the exponential growth of uh, the science of hockey now—it's just—it's blown up. Oh, I yeah. think so.
1: There's d- well, it's because one because of things like resources. Teams have more resources now. It's not just the Toronto Maple Leafs and New York Rangers, but there's so many people learning new things and then being a- uh, attentive to those details. Um, there used to be a mentality where it would just be like, okay, this is how you do things, and that's how it was done. Right. Um, but then people run those tests, learn more about what the body needs to do, learn more about how players learn how players can absorb information and slowly but surely everyone started picking up on it it seems like every week there's a new uh where's the the
0: science behind broadcasting what's the nutrition and diet we need oh the diet yeah i was gonna say (laughs) coffee Coffee and sugar done i'm on it i've been on it for years
1: yeah that's that's the broadcast nutrition (laughs) right there
0: thank you very much Mm, coffee little different um Madison square garden did you have that moment on the ice where uh, you looked I, up and said hey i'm at msg
2: i had that uh two years prior it was my first game i was with phoenix at the time and and we played in msg and it was kind of like holy crap <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you start thinking about <clears throat> excuse me you start thinking about everything that they have yeah exactly and the people that have been through there and the shows that they've had i mean it's it's overwhelming yeah it's, it's incredible to think about and then all of a sudden you're like holy crap like i'm a part of that show right now that right. people are attending, so it, it was cool. It was something I won't ever forget. Um, and, and New York fans, they're they're tough. Oh, they're yeah. tough fans. And I was laughing because we were doing pretty well in Phoenix, and we were, I remember I'll never forget this. We were winning after the second period, going into the third, and the fans are just booing, just screaming at their own own team.
1: I'm like, where the heck are? We?
2: Like I've never seen this before.
1: Just ruthless. Yeah. Welcome to New
2: York. Yeah. Welcome to New York. It's exactly <laughs> right. So.
0: I want to also ask you a little bit about, um, actually, no, hold on. I forget where I want to go. We're (laughs) posting this real quick. So normally we have some pre-made segments for the podcast. One is called uh, Popping the Question, where our guest from last week leaves a blind question for this week's guest. Uh, Unfortunately, Nick and I dropped the ball.
2: I'll blame me. Okay i dropped the ball. I did the, the question. <laughs> you could have made something up, and I would have not known the difference yeah, exactly. at all. Yeah, exactly. I know, but
0: I'd know. Yeah. And that's, the diff- and that's the difference. So I apologize not that I think you care too much. So we're going to go straight to our next segment. This is called the three-on-three. Three. This is our helmet okay. full of categories that none of us have seen. Okay. You're going to pick a category, and you have to give your top three we in that category. We got to sing song. No, no. This we don't I mean, have a theme song unless we you want to write one right now. I thought now. we got to
2: come up with a song.
0: No, no. Just we'll come up with a song. We can come up with a song. We do need a theme song for this. Okay. We're gonna have to find
1: some sort of local recording artist. We'll get a. Uh, we'll get Reaser. Get on GarageBand. Band. Have him make us a song.
0: Yes. Do we have? Do we on another? Uh, Frank Crado. Frank he's Corrado, up. but he's up. So the Zach Rees solo band. The Zach Rees band. Yeah.
1: So he'll, he'll write the three on three. Theme song. In the meantime, we'll just deal with uh, the shuffling of the okay. cards. Okay, so here
0: we're, we're we're shuffling the categories. Pick one of these
1: uh, categories
0: out and read it aloud. Like this no, no, nope.
1: I like this. No, oh no, that's not good
2: one. Nope. good. No, not that. Ah, <laughs> got there it. we go. What do we have? People who have inspired you.
1: Wow. Okay. Top three people that have inspired you.
2: This is. This, the is
1: dee- this, th- this
0: is the deepest category we've had. I know. Easily. I was gonna. Say, this isn't light. This is. Like this yeah. is not light. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Light. But it's th- it's what the it's what the helmet presented us this
2: week.
1: So
0: oh. that's
2: that's a tough question. So we got to sing about people who have inspired us. Uh, you, well don't you, don't, ha- you, you don't have. There's have to no sing. singing <laughs> neither First, I was afraid. <laughs> I was petrified. Uh, so this is the route we're going. All right. Hey, have at it uh people that have inspired me top uh, 3 top 3 uh i think i think an obvious choice is uh my dad sure mm-hmm. um i'm trying to think of like how uh, so okay you you want to go i want i want i, I want let's dig
0: a little okay. deeper
2: um killing these layers away <laughs> <laughs> you no know, i just it, it's funny now we talked about being a parent um and you know my kids my oldest is only, only three but Already, we kind of see that the sacrifice that with with your own time, with your own money, with with so many different things that that uh, you know you give up as a parent once you have kids, and and thinking back of all the times we spent at the rinks, all the trips to Toronto, all the trips to Chicago, all the trips to you know Boston to play hockey, and the time that my parents gave up just to make those trips is astonishing. Yeah. It's astonishing to think about, and um, you know that that inspires me to work hard for my for my girls to be able to say, okay, you know what? I can put whatever I thought I might want to do this afternoon aside and let's go color. You know, they can barely color, but, hey, right. they're having fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I think that's that's been something that, uh, you know, I've really, really come to, to appreciate the last three years here ever since uh, our first was born.
0: Yeah, it's, it's tough. T- I mean, it's almost a given, right? Parents, mom yeah. or dad mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form. I mean, what a life I've gotten to live. I mean, let's be honest. uh, You know, get to go to Boston College, talk about hockey for a living, get to interview Chris Summers here on a random uh, Friday in November. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, not a lot of people uh, get to do this. It's pretty cool. cool. It is pretty cool. And the sacrifices your parents make to give you those opportunities and make sure you, you know, I could pursue my dreams accordingly. I mean, automatically, number one in 1A, 1B, or mom and dad. Uh, and you try and do them proud accordingly, like you said. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else might have inspired me along the way. I, even though I've only met him once, I look to a guy like Doc Emmerich, to be honest. I've okay. A, like professional inspiration. Professionally like professional inspiration to be able to do what he does as good as he does it, mm-hmm. as consistently I mean, you can't listen to a game done by Doc and not be like so excited <laughs> about the game. Like, yeah. that's what I hope to achieve someday. And he does it, you know, it does it nationally for almost every game, every yeah. other game, let's say. So that's a guy I look to. I'm like, I would love to be Doc Emrick when I grow
2: up. I, w- I met him uh, for the first time probably three or four years ago. Yeah, and it was I was so anxious to meet him because I, you know, obviously we we see a lot of radio guys and we see a lot of broadcasts, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, he cracked me up because, he, I mean, he is so cordial. He knew, I had never met him before. I was just, a, I've only played a handful of NHL games at the time, and and he just knew everything about me. Yeah. yeah. Everything about me. And I was just like, oh my God. And he, the fact that he took the time to sit. But the part that got me the most was I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, he talks the exact same oh way yeah, oh in yeah. person uh, as he does on TV. He's very dramatic. He's very, I mean, it was awesome. It was so cool to see. I have a Doc Emmick story.
0: I met him probably. I want to say 14 years ago, 13 years ago at this point, I was in the ECHL with the Trenton Titans and we had our ECHL annual summer meetings. And he was the keynote speaker for the broadcasters communications uh, session. And he gives out his contact information to all of us. Feel free to email me every time, anytime he was working for the devils at the time. I was working for the Trenton Titans also in New Jersey. Yeah. ECHL. ECHL. Um, Hey, Mr. Emmerich, this is Mike O'Brien. We met at the, the meetings. Can I take you to lunch and uh, pick your brain a little bit? He's like, re-emails back. Like, I can't do lunch, but I'm going to be in Cherry Hill for breakfast next week. Why don't you come on down and join me? No way. And I had breakfast with Doc Emmerich. I <laughs> yeah. just got to pick his brain. How many guys do that, Yeah, right? yeah exactly. So – Yeah, so not only as a broadcaster, but probably I want to be a better person like him, too. So that's another way I think I'm inspired (laughs) because he's an awesome guy. I'm like, I should be a way better person than I am. (laughs) But anyway, Nick, what do you got? You've been silent on this point.
1: I have. I've been uh, thinking long and hard about it. I think uh, one of the ones that's got to be at the top of the list is, um, like you said, the parents are a slam dunk. My dad. I think it was one of those things where, you know, you didn't necessarily appreciate it when you were a kid. You never but do, Yeah, right? but, but as you get older, you start to realize, like you were saying, everything that your parents did for you and stuff like that. Um, I think I've had a, a great work ethic instilled upon me that I didn't realize at first. I think I learned that through playing hockey um, and then also just uh, being around my parents. Sure. Uh, you know, because, because one of those things is just something you take for granted. Um, so as I've grown up, I've started to kind of look up to my parents a lot more, especially my father. Um, and then... I'd have to put two, and this is going to sound so lame. Like, I'm I'm kind of embarrassed I'm going to say this. Say it out loud. Sidney Crosby. That's fair. I, I, I had the fortune of uh, of working with Sid when I was in Pittsburgh. Right, because a, you worked in, a, worked in the locker room. Yeah, I worked in the locker room for, for a long time, and so I, I watched him as a player and was like, oh, my God, when I was a young kid, I was like, this is a great player. I want to play just like him. I want to play like him. But then – Seeing him deal with uh, just people on a regular basis, reporters, like he always has time for everybody. He's never rude to anybody. You know, he's just – he just the way he carries himself. So, one, the way he works, the way he busts his butt all the time, the way he plays as a player, and then the way he just conducts himself as a human being. um, I can't get enough of it. I think it's great. Agreed. And then my number three, this is the one I was kind of thinking about and i'm going to say it anyway i was like i shouldn't say this but i'm going to say it batman <laughs> <laughs> all right batman inspires me and i'm not afraid to say it bruce wayne or batman batman okay but br- yeah okay but, but specifically like cuz when you're a kid growing up all superheroes are cool but there's like no difference between them just like what costumes they wear you don't really care about anything else right when i saw batman begins the first of the chris nolan trilogy i was like this is a great movie. And then I watched it again. I was like, Batman's the coolest. And then I watched it a third, fourth, fifth, 20th time. And I'm like, this guy has a lot to say about how you should live your life. Even <laughs> if you're not beating up people in alleys. <laughs> I want to be Batman, but without the scowl and
2: the <laughs> voice. That's pretty good. That was pretty, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. You got a, a, second, well, you got a second or third? I, you know what? I've been thinking about this ever since you guys went around. I know, right?
1: <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, we had we had some fun ones, and now this one's pretty deep. This is pretty. That's okay. It, it's a different Getting to tenor the heart
0: of it. This, this week. Maybe go back to fun next week. You know, each each episode is a own thing. You never know what you're going
1: to get.
2: You never know. <laughs> Ricky Bobby.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> great, great motto. Great way to live. If you ain't first, you're last. You're last. Uh, what you don't know, about uh,
2: that. I don't know. I mean, there's there's so many different ways. What about, you co- go about, what about it?
0: coach, player, teammate?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've I've, I've had guys uh, throughout the years that you kind of look up and, and you look at them. And you say, you know what? I you know take little bits and pieces of, of sure. everybody. But um, you know, I, it's funny you say that though because I had um, I had a coach last year um, who is now the head coach in Hartford, and I asked him. I said, what? Because I've always had coaches that say, you know, watch this guy, try to emulate his style a little bit. And it was a it was a question that I presented to him. I said, what player do you think? I should emulate or I'd, I'd look like or remind you of the most because I never want you to ask me that question again I want you to be your own player and I want you to be your own style and ever since then it, it, it makes so much sense I mean why why do you have to emulate anybody else's style or, or gameplay and I mean I think the biggest thing to take from that is just you know find bits and pieces of things that you like and, and use them in your own game but don't don't try to fit a mold that you know you might might not even be able to fit right? or might not even be your style. So, um, you know what, I I can't think of any any particular player that uh, I could say, you know what, Ah, he truly is the inspiration for my being.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Chris Summers is just trying to play like Chris Summers.
2: Yeah, I think – well, when you put it like that, it kind of sounds a little <laughs> arrogant. No, <but> no, I, <laughs> I, actually, I actually
1: like it. Like, uh, not trying to play outside well, uh, yourself, learning what you're good at. I think there's there's something to take away from that for anybody.
0: Right. Am I going to try and be like Doc Emmerich, or am I going to try and be like Mike O'Brien? Yeah. That's.
1: I think it is actually Doc Emmerich who once said, whenever you start out as a broadcaster, you're trying to almost do an impression of other broadcasters, and as you go on, you learn your own style right. and become your own broadcaster.
0: I'll, s- I'll let you know when I get there, if ever. But anyway, <laughs> so wise. <laughs> we can't wait. Ameth- <laughs> so wise. <laughs> I mean, like, is there any wise person I've met over the course? Like, mm-hmm. some sort of, like a Dalai Lama, but on a lesser scale. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't met him yet. Maybe someday. The Dalai Lama. Probably not. You haven't met the Dalai Lama? <laughs> I have not. Oh, jeez, man, you got to get on that. <laughs> I really do. Put that. Uh, that's the New Year's resolution. <laughs> meet the Dalai Lama. <laughs> meet, meet Dalai Lama uh anyway um so are we just are we poning up here is this too difficult of a question a little it's too deep? deep i think we go back to deep. light stuff light yeah. stuff do we pick another category no we might be here forever yeah we might be
2: here forever
1: yeah let's go back to light stuff let's go back to light stuff then um, speaking
2: of light stuff i think i'm gonna hang christmas lights today
1: come on already oh, i'm a
2: little late this is uh what's, See? what's the date today
1: It's November. This is recording on November 10th.
2: The 10th. Yeah. So is that late? I feel like I feel
0: like it's Thanksgiving hang lights. Nope.
1: no. For a lot of people, it's Uh, post Halloween. You take the Halloween decorations down. You put the Christmas ones up.
2: I've already had Christmas music playing. My wife is not thrilled. Uh,
1: Really?
0: I will be honest. I listened to some Christmas music this morning. It's the most
2: wonderful time of the year. I don't know why you wouldn't. I have <laughs> it yeah. is. The mo-
0: it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's lots wonderful when it extends for two months.
2: Well, here's the thing. Last year I hung lights. And I didn't take them down until April. <laughs> I was. Pr- <laughs> I was probably two days away from my neighbors being like, "Hey." <laughs> so we got together the yeah. and we think <laughs> the Listen, lights are a little bit. The of
1: a housing association had a meeting.
0: Yeah. yeah. And uh, what would you? Uh, here's light stuff. Instead of looking forward, let's look back. what you dress up for for Halloween? That's not too far You away know what at. we
2: did? Uh, normally, my wife and I, we try to do something comical or light. But uh, this year, we went a little ghoulish. We did... Um, she, f- <laughs> she. We went heavy. We did people that inspired us. Yes. <laughs> 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 I went as my dad. I grew a mustache. <laughs> uh, we went... Uh, how do you know what I mean? It's like a wind-up. It was like a creepy wind-up doll. Okay. So we had like the little uh, little wind-up thing on our backs, but we, um, we, she wanted so bad to get, like, we had professional makeup done. Oh, okay. Which was, was kind of fun. We went to, like, this place, and this this lady did an incredible job. Absolutely incredible job. And it was frightening. We scared the crap out of our girls when we came home. Really? Uh, but it was fun. It was something we haven't done before. My favorite ever Halloween costume was two years ago when she was pregnant with our youngest. She went as kind of, like, <laughs> like, a redneck, like, just like a... Hodunk, good old boy. So she had this like really small wife beater on and her belly was hanging out because she was about nine months pregnant. And she just walked around with a brown paper bag over a Coca Cola can. So it looked like she (laughs) had a beard. Right. And I went as like kind of her her deadbeat wife, I guess. But I I had a beard at the time and a giant blonde wig. Perfect. It was, yeah, it was fun. What
0: about what the girls go as this year? This year they they were fairies. fairies. Oh. While
2: we grew up, my mom always made, she's a quilter. So she always made our Halloween costumes. Uh And when I say she makes. These are like movie quality Halloween costumes. She, she, she builds them to last. It's not just wear it once, throw it away. These are collector's items. But um, they went as fairies. They had a great time. A little chilly Halloween night for them, trick or treating. But sure. They did. Uh, they had a good time.
0: What percentage of the of the kids' candy does mom and dad take?
2: Ninety five percent.
0: it's
1: like a it's like a tithe.
0: I don't hold on. Wicked computer, define tithe. T-I-T-H-E. Yeah. I'm going to look that up real quick. Do you know what that is? No. I th- you didn't really? make that up? I'm yeah. the only person who
1: knows what tithe is?
0: Tithe. Oh, that's my Catholic school education. Oh, wow. It's one-tenth of
1: annual produce or earnings. Except it's way more than one-tenth. It's 95% of your candy. So Form. as your parents, I am entitled to 95% of your candy. Wow. And do you eat it all or you just take it away?
2: No, uh, we took it away. It's slowly <laughs> dwindling <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: It's not thrown away. We take it and then stow it well, away, it, and every now and then you pick at it. Here's the thing: like they, they're not,
2: they're not dumb. They know where we put it. Really? And if we don't, they figured we, it out. Oh, I've had to hide it three times. <laughs> well, I mean, we live in a townhouse. It's not like okay. Storage is, you know, we it got sound we like got, a, a plethora of
0: hiding places. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So, and they, I swear, they just sniff it out. They sniff it out. Or I think what my oldest does is she watches. She watches when we go get it. She doesn't say anything. This is what kind of scares me a little bit. She's she doesn't say anything. She knows, she but she doesn't realize we hear when she, <laughs> she, we, she, they have this like stepladder. but they can only drag it across the tile. Uh-huh. So when they drag it across the tile, we clearly know that, they're, that going they're going for, for something. It. Yeah. So. What are you doing? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, just brush my teeth. You're not. <laughs> <right>. I thought a <laughs> toothbrush.
0: <laughs> In the kitchen. Come yeah. on. Well, listen, we've taken up uh, enough of your time. Um, I know there's maybe a Disney on ice in your not-too-distant future, (laughs) so we'll let you get on to that. Uh, Tell all the Disney characters we say hi. Oh, yeah. And, uh, hey, have a good time. But, no, seriously, thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, Great luck this season, and uh, congrats on the pretty good start for yourself and the team.
2: I appreciate it. And let me know if you guys need a third broadcaster. We can just get one of the rookies in here and just grill them. Done. Oh, yeah. We're
0: going to have to get a fourth headset, but we'll make it We'll make it happen. For sure. There's a best buy right around the corner. We can figure something. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's going to do it for us here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. Don't forget this weekend, Saturday, against the Providence Bruins and on the road on Sunday afternoon against the Hershey Bears. Make sure you tune in on WIOK News Radio to catch Sunday afternoon's action and come on down to Mohegan Sun Arena at Casey Plaza on Saturday for Penguins versus Bruins. For
1: Chris Summers and Nick Hart. Nick, say bye. Bye, folks. But Mike, do you mind if I cut in for a moment here? Go for it. Chris, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you mind recording our sign off for us?
2: Yeah, we can try it. All right, let's <laughs> go for it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to say?
1: You you have an excellent broadcasting voice. Let's hear
0: it. We basically want you to say You've thank been, you, for, yeah. thank you for tuning into the Wilshire Grand Penguins podcast.
1: See you, See, See you next time. I don't know. Whatever, yeah. whatever you can cup. say buy for us. You can Go name with
0: names. Use you yeah. yeah. your instincts. All right. All
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to Wilkes-Barre Penguins. Oh, shoot. I messed it up. No, no, <laughs> podcast. No, no. All right. All
0: right. wilkes Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. It's a lot. I mess it up constantly as well.
2: Podcast. Is, is it Wilkes-Barre or wilkes bar Wilkes-Barre wilkes Scranton. Are Penguins you sure? Because we've been corrected a few times.
1: Yeah, I know. There's like this um, derision in the it's area. actually wilkes, wilkes- Bar. Bar. No, it is <laughs> not. <laughs> okay. But then there will be other people that will be like, it's not wilkes Bar. it's Wilkes-Barre. It's Wilkie's. Wilkie's.
2: Who <laughs> <laughs> oh no, knows?
1: Just,
2: just say Penguin's Podcast. Just say Penguin's Podcast. Yeah, that's a little bit easier. Yeah, You've been listening to the Penguins podcast here with Michael Bryan and Mike Hart. Oh, Mike Hart. <laughs> oh, look, <football. laughs> that was a football player I went to school with. He was actually a really good football player, too. I'll well, take it. I'll, up look him
1: the, up. I'll be Mike Hart.
2: I can't do this anymore. We, nope. We'll try it again. We'll try it, it. Now I'm thinking time. about it too much. All right. <laughs> no, it was fun. Mike here, Hart. Look here, him here, up. Awesome <laughs> player. Yeah. That's why. Sorry, man. We're good. <laughs> here we go for
0: a final time for Chris Summers and Nick Hart. Nick, say bye. See you later, folks. I'm Mike O'Brien. This has been your Books, Grant, and Penguins podcast. Thanks for listening.